Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the podcast at Centerpoint Bible Church. My name's Billy. And I'm Lowell. And uh, we're here just spending some time with you, wherever you're at, and hopefully uh, pointing you to Jesus Christ and His Word. So we've been talking about the Old Testament and the foundation of the Old Testament, how it is applicable and vital for us uh, working through our relationship with the Lord. And uh, tis the season to be hanging out with, uh, with family. That's you know, exactly a lot, right. A lot, of, yes. a lot of family time we're, we're having the together. Season. Mm-hmm. So let, let's think about our families of origin. So, so when I say that, I don't mean the family that you have right now as a man married with three daughters, right. but the family you grew up in. I thought you were so origin. I thought you were going to say uh, um, Ancestry.com because my dad's done this huge no, thing. No, no. We don't want to go that far. We got these people in our history. Okay. <laughs> but you're talking about so, just. Yes. Yeah, so what, yeah. was your, what was the makeup of your house? house growing up? Well, uh, it was my mom and dad, and I have two older sisters and myself, so it's five of us. Okay. There were seven in my house, my mom, my dad, three older sisters, little brother. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Although he's not little. He's actually a giant no, man. That's exactly so, yeah, But at I, the time, yeah. I was bigger than him. So yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about what that was. How, how was it growing up with your siblings? Because for our listeners, we're going to talk today about Genesis chapter 4, the story mm-hmm. of Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, so what was it like in your home between you and your siblings? Well, you know, they. it was an interesting dynamic because I was the youngest and I was the only son. So they would often say how I got away with this, that, and the other. Um, and, uh, you know, whenever you're hanging out with your brothers or your sisters or whatever, you're going to have time, good times and bad times. And so uh, there were times where we did a lot of good stuff together, and there was times we had a lot of conflict. The bathroom was always, it was always one. Yeah. And uh, we, thankfully, we had two sinks in our bathroom, oh, which was like wow, swank, fancy. swank. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but sometimes my my sisters would uh, like take over the my little sink area, and that would cause frustration and mature conversations. No, 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 yeah, yeah. no. So uh, very we, similar so from my dis- house disagreements. And yeah, stuff, very so. similar. My three older sisters. My oldest sister is eleven years older than me, and um, she was like a second mother. Um, mm-hmm. So actually, all three of my sisters had permission to spank me. Oh, okay. yeah, well, that was uh, yeah, that was interesting. Someone in so. my house, I don't want to say they took joy, but they were the ones that were responsible <laughs> for spanking me. I'm not gonna say my mom's name. We're gonna keep it keep it uh, anonymous. I had a brother. You did not have a brother. I home. didn't. No, no, no. So that's so, different. Yeah, and that was very. We were two years apart. Lots of good memories. Lots of <laughs> friction. Yeah. So yeah. It's just the way it goes. So what we're focusing today on is the story of Cain and Abel. We've been walking through the first testament, and we land now at. Um, so the fall has happened. Adam and Eve have sinned. They ate from the tree that they were told not to, and. Think about all that changed for them after that. I mean, let's just take a minute and just kind of catalog what what was now different in their lives. Well, the, well, not only was it was the the Lord give them uh, a consequence for what for what they did, and we we find that in you know curses the ground that you that yes, you yep. walk on. The first thing I think of practically was they had to leave where they were. They yeah, were, they're out they of the were garden. Booted, booted out of the garden. Mm-hmm. And there was an, an angel with a sword that 
you ain't coming back. <laughs> you ain't getting back in there. <laughs> so think about this, though. There's thorns. There's thistles. Yeah, the whole but, landscape changed. Yeah, but and we think about that, and and I have every reason to believe that now the animals would be. I mean, your, the relationship is different with the animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't think they're eating animals yet. I take that from Genesis chapter nine, just my my position. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, they understand death now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they. Because God sacrificed animals. Yeah, he was, he was the, it was the first sacrifice yes. there to give them clothing. So they saw death. And, and before that, they, we, we talked before, but they didn't even know what die was. Exactly. Would never, there was nothing dead. Yeah. There was nothing that had died. They, this was a foreign concept to them. And then they see that right there. And then it be, unfortunately, it becomes... A, a reoccurrence. So life. much happens in the white space between chapter three and chapter four. Mm-hmm. And it says then that now Adam and Eve knew, or Adam knew his Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain say, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Hmm. A lot of interesting things there. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, so she is conceived, Eve conceives, they, they have, we have reason to believe they had many children. I mean, we don't we don't know. The Bible only speaks of three, and then other sons and daughters. Um, but you know, we don't really know exactly how many children they had. But Adam lived nine hundred and thirty years. Nine hundred and thirty years. Yeah. I mean, well, when I think of that, people think, "Oh, well, that's not that's impossible. That can't happen." But you have to look at it in the context of history, where this is pre-flood. Mm-hmm. This is a world that God created for for them to live in he created adam and eve the best the best example of humanity ever to walk on this earth no think genetic of, flaws yeah think about the genetic um uh, I, I don't know Makeup. the correct word yeah the, you know the, the genetic purity yes. of these two individuals because he gave them a command to populate the earth so he he knew that they would need to be perfect in every way, and also he gives them freedom in that, and that's where we find that's where we find them choosing themselves over the Lord, which is the first sin. So I don't want you to think that they that they they did not make mistakes because we know that they did, um, but they were our best hope. Yes. You know, it was like humanity's best hope. If you can think of who's the best person we want to be able to take on on this challenge or or this whatever. It is Adam, yeah, and it is wife Eve. And as far as those those numbers and everything, if you're going to take, if you're going to allow the Bible to say what it says, it's clear here that Adam, when when Seth was born, Adam was 130 years old, right. So that just shows you something's different because people 130 years old don't have children today, right. right. So something is 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 very very different. So God must have communicated with Adam after this because. Again, we, we have the Lord sacrificing animals. There's commands that are passed on to Adam and Eve and their children. We're going to see that in just a moment. But but what happens is, so Adam and Eve, we don't know how long after the fall, but after some time, they have two sons, at least, many more probably, but they have two sons, 
Cain and Abel, and those appear to be the well, first two. Well, I would say guaranteed they had more. Guaranteed they had many children. Yes, but yes. these are the ones that are that are written of that we know of specifically in Scripture. And Cain is a farmer, and mm-hmm. Abel is a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Some time goes by because it says in verse number three, in the course of time, Cain mm-hmm. brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Mm-hmm. Now. A lot of time has gone by from the from the end of chapter three to verse number three of chapter four, but from three through verse number sixteen, things are going to start happening rapid fire. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen real quick, and one of the things we're going to learn in verse number uh, seventeen is that Cain has a wife, so he got married there. I mean, enough time went by that Cain is now a married man, and. I don't know whether Abel was married or not. The scripture doesn't say, but Cain is. And what's happening now is they're bringing an offering. Okay, and so you got that for us there, Billy. So what kind of offering do Cain and Abel bring? What in verse three and looking, four. What three verse and four. Mm-hmm. In verse three. Yes. And four. It says, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn. Of his flock, hmm. the Lord looked with favor on Abel. He's the one that brought the firstborn of his flock in his offering. But on Cain, who brought the soil offering, uh, fruits from the soil, and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry, and his face was downcast. So you've got Abel, who brought the fat portions of his of his flock, and you have Cain, who brought the first fruits of his of of, of his. Of plants, vegetables, of what he what he raised. So Abel killed an animal. That's right. Abel brought a animal sacrifice, mm-hmm. and that offering God had regard for. He had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain, he did not. Yeah. So I think what the issue is here is one is an animal sacrifice, which was in obedience to what God must have directed them on, and one was not. Mm-hmm. Well, he gave, you know, he, it doesn't say that, that he directed him on that, but we know from scripture that he is the one that sacrificed the first animal. Mm-hmm. And so that may have brought a a standard in. So we know that God has a standard here. Well, God doesn't change. And he said in Hebrews exactly 9, 22, that without the, yeah. without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Mm-hmm. So God doesn't change. So that would have applied mm-hmm. in Genesis chapter four, just like it applies in Hebrews nine twenty two. Just like yeah, just like it applies in our lives. Yes. We need we need that blood sacrifice through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Now he the, is our he is our sacrifice. Right, and in the Mosaic law, there was a grain offering, but the sin offering made by yes. the priest was a sacrificed animal, the shedding of. Blood. That's actually a good point because someone could say, "Well, you know, you know, Cain brought a, a grain offering, and in the Bible, the Old mm-hmm. Testament says that. You know, there's a lot of different offerings that that are written in in the Old Testament. I'm thinking off the top of my head in Leviticus and different portions of Leviticus, but um, but you hit it right on the head when you said the sin offering requires a blood sacrifice. And we have to remember the Mosaic law; it didn't come for I mean thousands of years after this, right? Right. And so, yeah, we, we, we learn here. I think the issue is Cain's offering. I think Cain did not obey God. Mm-hmm. 
and you Isn't see it. Isn't it neat? It, it just take a second here. Isn't it neat to study God's word and to have these things get revealed to us? Hmm. That if we just read and dive into what what God's word is saying without preconceived notions, he teaches us through his word. It's, you know, just by constantly thinking about different passages of scripture, we see this congruency all throughout the Bible. Yeah. And it begins right here in Genesis, we're learning throughout, you know, the whole scripture. Well, and Cain reveals himself in verse number five. Mm-hmm. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. Mm-hmm. He shows there, you know, I think some people think, well, Cain just, oh, poor little Cain. Yeah. He just didn't oh, know any shucks. better. Yeah, I, he just didn't know any better. So he brought his, you know, his vegetables or whatever. Right. No, I don't think it's that way at all. He's he's mad. Mm-hmm. How dare God correct him? Mm-hmm. How dare this person say that he can't do that? And his face falls. And God then says to him, if you do well, why are you angry? If you do well, Will you not be accepted? Mm-hmm. God is offering to him repentance. He's offering to him for that relationship to be made right. Yeah. He's and helping Cain him, rejects it. And he's helping him see that standard. Yeah. If you do what is upright, you'll be accepted. You know, People wonder why things don't go well this way or that way. And you really need to look in, in your own life and say, am I being obedient? That's the first step. Now, things are going to happen in our life that we're not going to, you know, we're going to suffer and things like that. But but one of the first steps is, am I being obedient? Yeah. And am, the, I, am I being right. obedient? So the problem is not knowledge. No. It's not head knowledge. It's not he didn't know better. Right, right. It's a heart problem. Because it, You can't say he didn't know better because Abel knew better. That's exactly right. And Abel's younger than him. Yeah. So he, so there, there is the, the, the siblings, you know, we're talking about siblings, that there is a knowledge Abel had. How is it that Cain did not have that? That's not really a good, a, a good excuse for Cain. And it continues to happen. Like Cain's heart continues to be revealed. Because in verse number eight, he says to his brother, Cain spoke to his, Abel's brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. So, so he invited Cain, I believe he invited Abel out to the field. Yeah, that's a, that's a crazy verse right yeah. there. That's yep. a crazy verse. He calls him to the field. Yeah. Maybe he said, hey, let's, let's go get a lamb so that I can make an offering. I don't know what he said. Yeah. But somehow, he pulls Abel away from he thinks maybe the presence of God mm-hmm. when you look at what happens later on mm-hmm. he pulls Abel aside and he kills him yeah it, the example of premeditation there i mean it's purely premeditation well and i what comes to my mind is jesus in matthew chapter 5 mm-hmm. if you if you have hatred in your heart towards your brother then then you're you're basically guilty of mil- of murder mm-hmm. you know all all that's happened here is is Cain has now acted out what his heart was feeling. Yeah. His and heart was hating his brother. So he pre, he was premeditated. He tries to and he tries to pull his brother out when no one's around, mm-hmm. hiding it from God, hiding it from everybody else, and then he commits sin. You know, isn't that isn't that typical of 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 mankind to try to, you know, hide things, hide our sin, try to be alone when we do things, when we try to sin or when we engage in sin, try to hide it from other people. Yeah. And and, and not only do we see, like you said, isn't that like ma- mankind? It's just like God's reaction is just like God's. Here's what I mean. God says to him, Cain, if you do well, 
will you not be accepted? And he said, and if you do not do well, listen to the warning. Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. These are the words of God to Cain before he invited his brother out. He says, sin is it's hiding at the door ready to attack you. You Don't let it. The warning is there. And how many times does God warn us in our spirit about something? Mm-hmm. And the question is, how do we respond? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I think it'd be good for us to take a break right now. We'll come back and and continue to unpack Genesis four in this relationship with Cain and the Lord, Cain and Abel, and these consequences of sin. So we'll be right back. Centerpoint Bible Church exists to point others to Jesus Christ in His Word, and we want to encourage you to come out and visit us sometime. We're presently meeting at Faith Christian Academy. Our service is at 9.30, and our focus hour starts at 11 o'clock. You can get information on our website at centerpointwv.org. Thanks for listening, and we pray that you would seek after Jesus. Well, welcome back, and thanks for listening to the podcast today. We're focusing today on the fourth chapter of the First Testament and looking at Cain and Abel. And, and really, as I think about it, what this is, is, is it's, it's the first effect of, of sin beyond Adam and Eve, and we're seeing now the devastation mm-hmm. that sin is bringing into the world. And when we, when we left off, um, Cain is hiding from God, mm-hmm. which is kind of silly. But, you know, we're, we're like that. We do that a lot yeah, as human yeah. beings. Yeah. My, I, prime example, my daughter Ava, in, uh, during Halloween, uh, we had a bunch of candy and stuff. And obviously she knows not to go get candy. But she's playing around. All of a sudden we don't hear her. I'm like, where in the world is she? So she left our room and she went into another room and she was just around the corner. And uh, I just went and said, what are you doing? She, nothing. I was like, do you have candy in your mouth? No. And there's, you know, you can see bits of peanut and caramel and chocolate in her mouth. So she ran out, out, tried to go out of our sight. Hmm. She did something she knew that that was wrong. And then when she has a mouthful of candy, she's trying to explain that she doesn't have candy. Yeah. Uh, it's it, so, so common. It, I mean, that's all of us who have had children have yeah. seen that. And all of us who have ever been a child have done it. Yeah. You know, and it makes me think of Hebrews four, uh, verse 13, which is exactly what was going on with Cain and Abel and really with Adam and Eve is it says in Hebrews four thirteen, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Mm. So Cain, we left it off at Cain taking his, taking his brother into, the, into a field and killing him, you know, premeditated. He goes out. He thinks he's, a, I guess he thinks he's alone. We find out later on he tries to de- partially deny lie, it, lie yeah. and say, you know, I don't know what's right. going on, you know, but it's so futile for us to think that we can we can pull the wool over the Lord's eyes when nothing in all creation is hidden from him. And what God wants from Cain through all of this. I mean what he ultimately wanted was him to bring an acceptable offering. Mm-hmm. But 
that didn't happen. So what God desires from Cain is the same thing that he desires from us. And that is repentance, which brings reconciliation. He's, I mean, it is, it is almost heartbreaking, but at the same time comforting to see God pursuing Cain mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it might be tempting for some people to view what God has to say as like some kind of a mean, you know, almost like a, a horrible father, you know, stomping through the house, yelling at his son. That's not what's going on here. Mm-hmm. This is God. Yes, everything is laid bare, Hebrews 4. But the reason why God lays it bare is so that man will see it and repent mm-hmm. and be reconciled with God. The vertical relationship has been destroyed. The horizontal relationship is being destroyed. And God wants that mended. And that only happens when we respond to his prodding, repent over our sin, and are reconciled with him. You know, the Old Testament people often say it's the angry God and New Testament is the loving God. But we've said before, and we'll say again, is God is consistent all the way through. He loves us. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of him. I, I would he love is, to talk you know, about that. I don't want to right now because of time. Maybe we can hit that later. But but the difference between God and the old and the new. Yeah. I yeah. think that'd be a great discussion for us to have. And uh, It might be enlightening for... A little bit of spoiler alert. <laughs> there is no difference. Right. But but I think we can talk about why we have that perception. But, yeah. but, but see in this passage, God pursuing Cain in an effort... For him to come back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So Cain kills Abel. All right. So we're jumping in verse number eight. That happens. And he raise, raise, he rises up and he, and he kills him. You know, just interesting here. How did Cain know that this would do the deed? You know, like, yeah. like, how does he know to do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And does he, does he strike him with a rock? Does he, does he stab him with a, you know, with a staff? Does he, does he take a knife and plunge it? We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But somehow he rises up and he kills his brother. And now, I mean, that, this is the first. Mm-hmm. This has never happened before. There's never been a murder. The first human to human murder. Yeah. And mm-hmm. really, it's the first human death. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we've had physical that's death a, of that's animals. That's a good point. Yeah. It's just the the more you dwell on this, the the more things come out. You think he's seen, he may have seen Abel sacrifice maybe. this animal maybe. Uh, to the Lord, and maybe he is thinking, you know, that's how I'm going to do it. I yeah. don't know that. We're, I'm thinking beyond scripture here, and this is just Billy talking, right? But what? Why this not is your human understanding? Why not just, to, to scripture? Yeah, why not yeah. just why not just sacrifice the animal? And, and he ends with sacrificing his brother. Why not? That's the significant question. Why not just sacrifice an animal? Because his heart was opposed to God. You're, you're yeah, it goes, exactly right, Billy. It, really, it goes beyond. It goes beyond the sacrifice of the animal. It goes to the heart. It's rebellion. And mm-hmm. he's and and I think what he's saying to God is you can't tell me what to do. Yeah, that's the heart of rebellion. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, I mean, all we had to do, all all, and that's what God is saying to him. If you do right, will you not be accepted? Yeah. He'd already brought the wrong offering when God said that to him. Right. 
So there's the first offer of repentance. Yeah, you okay? know the the cascade effect of sin is unbelievable. Yeah. When I think about that as well, is from eating from disobeying God and eating a fruit from the tree, to now we have murder. And so in verse nine, the Lord says, "That's grace." God spoke to Cain. Mm-hmm. The Lord speaks to Cain, and He says, "Where is Abel, your brother?" It's He's offering repentance. He's saying, break, break. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so enlightening to see the character of God here. And of course, what's Cain say? In a rebellious way. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. What am I, my brother's keeper? You know, that just... Heart revealed. It, Heart revealed. Uh, it, you can see, you can see this rebelliousness in the life of Cain. Now think about this. You and I have done a lot of funerals together over the last decade or more. Mm-hmm. We've even done funerals for we for people we didn't even know. Mm-hmm. We've gotten calls from before from somebody yeah. and said, "Hey, there's a person here who's passed away, and there's they know they don't know any pastors. Can you come do the funeral? Mm-hmm. And, we, and we're ready in a heartbeat to yeah. go do that." So, I, and I know you felt this way. I've done funerals for people that I don't even know, and when I'm doing the funeral, I'm sad. Yeah. I'm so, I'm filled yeah. with sorrow, okay? Is Cain sad? Is there any sorrow? Mm. I don't see any. Mm-hmm. He's so callous. His heart is so rebellious against God. He has seen murder firsthand, and he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He's just rebellious. What am I, my brother's keeper? Mm-hmm. And And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Again, he's he's offering repentance. Why won't Cain break? Why won't he turn? Why won't he respond in the way that that a believer should? Well, maybe it's because he's not a believer. But the, his blood, Abel's blood, is crying out from the ground, and and Cain offers no tears from his eyes. The blood is crying from the ground, but Cain, he just doesn't even care. Mm. I mean, it's heartbreaking to see this, to think about my own sons, to think about your daughters, Billy, you know, how when, when you, when you see them wrong one another and you, and you as a father being sinful as we are, you hurt that they're hurting one another. Right. Right. He doesn't care. Mm. What happens next to verse number 11? Now God brings another curse. Yeah, it's an, and it's an unfortunate one, you know. Now you're under a curse and driven away from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Now that sounds harsh, does it not? I mean, it does. I'm not going to question mm-hmm. that it does. But listen, there's grace there. There's grace. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even have to. God Himself did not even have to come down and and try to make amends. He could have just said, "Zap, you're done." Genesis nine six. That's exactly what God institutes mm-hmm. in just a few chapters. God's going to say, "If you spill the blood of a man, then your blood will right. be spilt." Right. And so God in Genesis nine is going to institute capital punishment. But he doesn't do that here. Mm-hmm. He, it's grace that, uh, that gives him more time. See, we see this, oh, wanderer, he's out by himself, you know. Oh, that's so sad. Well, he takes his wife with him, first of all. But there's time here. Why is God giving him more time? 
because God is not willing that any will perish. Well, here, okay, here's a question I have for you. So we have Cain uh, that is a farmer. Right. And his hands, you know, you got green thumbs. Yeah. You know, he can work this ground. And from that, the curse is he is not allowed to work the ground. Hmm. You can and when no, he does, no it's not going to do anything for and, him. Yeah, and you've you've lost you've lost that. Hmm. That's your curse, and now you're going to be a restless wanderer on the earth. So why do you think? Now I don't know the answer to this. Why do you think God instituted that curse to say you can no longer you farmer Cain, you can no longer longer farm Cain? Well, I have I have a theory. Okay, go. And again. You know, we're we're just applying sure, our human we're logic just, we're just and experience talking, to, to scripture yeah. here. But I, I compare it to the same way that God cursed Adam and Eve. So remember, last time we were together, he cursed Eve in the area of what her responsibility was, what her role was. Right. Okay. She was to bear children and God cursed that process. Okay. Adam was to be a, was to lead his wife mm-hmm. and God and be the, be a worker of the ground. Yeah, be a caretaker yeah. of the garden. Right, and God cursed that process. Mm-hmm. I think Cain was he had been a worker of the ground, and God cursed that area of his life. Why? So that Cain would not. It's it's another act of grace. Mm-hmm. He didn't send Cain out, and so Cain builds this beautiful garden and gets so, you know, in just enmeshed in the process of, of fruit trees and, you know, vegetables right. and all that. No. What Cain knew, God cursed. I believe it was so that Cain would finally look up from the ground to yeah. the Father. See that this does not satisfy. This is not your focus. This, yes. is, not, this is not your life. Yep. You know, his life should be a relationship with the Father. And I, I think it's worth noticing that Cain still does not repent. He will not repent. Cain says, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Now think about that. He killed his brother. He gets to live on, and he says, this isn't fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, he should be saying, yeah. I deserve to die. Yeah. Whenever you're... Uh, giving your child a consequence, or someone is uh, you know, someone that has done something wrong, and they're being punished for it, and they complain about it. You know that is another example of an unrepentant heart. I mean, in this case, the punishment it didn't fit the crime. No, it was more gracious. Yes, but not in Cain's eyes, right? Because he didn't care about his brother. He didn't care mm-hmm. about the life that he had ended, and so he even here to the to the end of our account, Cain still does not repent. And he goes off from the presence of the Lord. He settles in the land of Nod, east of Eden. He, can, he, he and his wife have children. And honestly, when you look at what happens to the descendants of Cain, it's not mm-hmm. pretty. It's yeah. not pretty. Yeah. They, live, they live pagan, godless lives. Mm-hmm. So, so well, that's what, what, the story. What, what's, what would be, um, let's, if we could rewrite the story in a best case scenario, what would it be? For me, I think it would be, if Cain, well, number one, Cain would bring yeah, a blood but offering. But you're assuming he doesn't but, bring it. But he offering. doesn't, and then he is spoken to by the Lord for him to immediately repent. Repentance uh, at any Immediately point. repentance. You know what? You're right, God. You are right. I was wrong, and I will submit to that. I'll and I think that it. brings up a really good point. You already mentioned one. You said the cascading effect of sin. Yeah. 
that Adam and Eve sinned and now is just echoing the the effects of this is just echoing down the line and it's mm-hmm. still going on around all 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 the time. Sin creeps. But what what you're alluding to, I think, is the whole idea that in in righteousness we submit to God's plan quickly. That there is there is a short account mm-hmm. that we keep short accounts of sin. We're all going to sin. Yeah, we're not perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God, and we continue to battle against sin. Mm-hmm. And the key is, as soon as we sin, when when you sin, and you're going to, as soon as you do, immediately repent. Immediately, yeah. yeah. God, I don't. I hate this sin. Mm-hmm. I, I hate this sin of envy or or lust or or greed or whatever. I hate mm-hmm. it. I don't want it. Take it from me. You died for this sin. God, forgive me for this. Yeah. That's that's quick repentance. And God is waiting for that because ultimately he wants to establish this relationship again. Hmm. It's all about a relationship. It's not about doing. It's about it's about having a relationship and making it right. And for for us, we are the ones that that are are in the wrong in those moments to return ourselves as quickly as we can to the Lord and re- repent by doing it. I think, you know, there's, you know, David said in, I think it's Psalm 139, you know, he is, he, he speaks of how, see if there's anything in me. Search and, you know, me. Yeah, yeah. Make sure that, make sure that I'm right, you know, and then we get to the point where we do keep such a short account that instead of a long account and then a short account of our sins, that we try to jump on the forefront and we try to guard ourselves from sin. And I think of Joseph with Potiphar's wife. You know, he had sexual advances and he and he's like, I can't, I can't do this. It would be sin. He didn't say uh, against Potiphar. He said, I cannot do this and sin against my God. So he was keeping such short account that he was in the forefront saying. I need to guard myself from sin. Well, another thing we see here, as as you go through the account and see Cain not repenting, the consequences increase. Yeah, and that's that's another truism of our walk with mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, as we as we stay in our sin, as we sit in our sin, the consequences continue to load up on us. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, it could have just been the moment of guilt. Oh, I brought the wrong offering. Oh, God, forgive mm-hmm. me. Then it could have been, I've lost my brother. Then it mm-hmm. could have been, you know, all along the way, it's yeah. getting worse and worse and worse toward the end. He's lost not only his brother, he's lost his family. He's lost the land that he knows. He's lost the the only thing that he's known as far as how to provide for himself. Right. He's he's lost his God. Yeah. The consequences just continue to yeah. cascade as well. And they're, you know, they're... There are consequences for sin. I mean, there's no way of getting around it. There are consequences for sin. We may be free from the punishment of sin. The punishment of, of sin was laid on Jesus mm-hmm. on the cross. But we still suffer consequences for things that we've done that we do in our life. But that doesn't mean we're that doesn't mean we're ineffective. And just to, to wrap up this time, you know, that sin that Cain committed. So God saw that, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a sin against God where his creation right. of Abel mm-hmm. was wiped out. What did God do with that anger? What did God do with that wrath? What did God do with that offense that one of his creatures killed one of his creatures? Well, Romans tells us what he did with that mm-hmm. wrath. He stored it up. He stored it up. And one day, thousands of years later, in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. 
the Lord Jesus Christ would go to a cross and die there for our sins. And the wrath of God was poured out upon him. Mm-hmm. So much so that the second person of the Trinity cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm-hmm. So this was not the first sin, but this was one of the sins that God later would mm-hmm. place upon his son, Jesus Christ, at the cross. Well, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus. And we, even, we can even learn that in Genesis 4, how even the, the historical account of Cain and Abel points us to Jesus Christ and his word. And hopefully today you've been pointed to Jesus. Uh, now the, the question is how we respond. How we respond. We encourage you, keep short account of your sin. Keep a short account. And keep that relationship strong between you and the Lord. Well, if you've missed anything that we uh, that we were talking about uh, today in the podcast, you can check out our show notes at centerpointwv.org and just click on this uh, podcast and uh, it'll be there for you. So thanks for listening to us. And remember that we're nothing fancy at Centerpoint Bible Church, but we want to be real just like Jesus is.